Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here's your host, Paul Moyer and Michael Bumpus. Michael Bumpus here, Paul Moyer there. This is Hawks Live every Thursday at 7, right here on 710 ESPN. And now, I'm going to talk to the defensive guy here. I'm the offensive guy. Yeah. I got a defensive guru. But I was an offensive coordinator in youth football. You I just were? want you to know. Well, that counts then. And matter of fact, every guy who's ever played defense should be an offensive coordinator. And every person who's Vice played versa. offense. Yeah. Because you know yeah. exactly the weaknesses of the defense. It was the most fun I've ever had. Sorry, I got off tangent. Sorry, Jamal Adams. <laughs> we're going to talk about you. We're going to talk. No, we're, let's, let's talk about Jamal and let's talk about this defense. Give me a couple of things that you thought they did very well on Sunday. Um, I, I thought just mixing it up, you know, getting them to third down. I, I always tell people, um, you want to get people to third down a lot, even if you're, even if they're fifty percent on. If, if if someone was ten for twenty, I'd say it's actually successful because you've gotten off the field ten times, and then throwing the fourth downs that we did, it, it's really good. So I thought us getting them and putting pressure on them on third down, because you know, as an offense. Man, come up third down all the time. Man, there's yeah. a lot of pressure to convert on that. The Seahawks, conversely, they didn't have very many third downs. They were winning on mixed downs. So I thought we were winning the mixed down battle. Um, I thought we put pressure on them. You know, again, we blitzed a lot. You know, between Blair and and Jamal Adams, I bet there were 16 blitzes just on those. Uh, yeah. I haven't gotten all the data on, on how many times we blitzed yet. But um, it's completely different from what I've seen in the past. Um, we have playmakers. Yes. And that's the fun part. And I, I'll go to one. It was just uh, Mayoa. It was that fourth down, the first fourth down play. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, I think Bobby uh, and Jamal messed up on, they had like an in and out coverage on a tight end in the back, and I'm not sure exactly how that played out. But nobody went with the back out into the, the flat. Mm-hmm. He was wide open. And Mayoa came up and he knocks the ball down. Now, that's a very different game. If they convert that. Yes. And so that's how you win games, right? You play good football, you're, you're sound, but you need playmakers. You know, Jamal Adams is a playmaker. He, he made some plays again on third down, knocked some, some pass down, had the big sack, uh, came and sliced in on another one on a third down and two uh, where he and, and Bobby Wagner made the play. So I just think uh, that's what I'm impressed with. We just we put pressure on offenses now. Um, we have playmakers. Um, we got to clean some things up. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no question. It wasn't perfect. You know, there's a lot of just what I was saying, just busts in in coverages. They're, they haven't played together yet, right? Yeah. I mean, the camps are they're walkthrough camps now. I mean, you're right. You just you know, there's the whole pandemic. There's no two a days. It, it, it takes time when you have as many new players as the Seahawks have. Think about that whole defensive line, other than Reed. Is really new. Yeah, yeah. You can put you know Puna Ford in there, but you know he's kind of new. Um, you know Brooks played about seven snaps, not much. You know Bobby and KJ obviously are the veterans, but that secondary other than Griffin, it's all new. Even Diggs, and I thought Diggs. The one thing we we got some smackers in the secondary. <laughs> yeah, you know, what I liked about the defense, I call them ooh plays. They were a play where where. A lot of guys maybe go, ooh, like, yeah. oh, he did that. LJ had a ooh play. Yeah. Mayoa had a ooh play. Diggs. Um, uh, of course, Jamal. I mean, there were so many guys who made an impact during that game, which encouraged me. Now, got to clean up the pass game. You're giving up a bunch of yards throwing the football, but when a team throws a ball 54 times and they're down, you're going to expect that. You're just playing not to give up the big play. So what I want to see from this team this week, though, I want to see disciplined football. 
Because if your assignment is the quarterback, you get the quarterback. If your assignment is to pill out with the running back, you get the running back. Because this New England offense is counting on you messing up. It's counting on you taking a false step and having them exploit that. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see how and what type of defense we play against, uh, I wanted to say Carolina, New England. Um, we we ran what I would consider, if you didn't know who was who, you would say it's a 3-4 defense. Yeah, uh, We had three interior linemen. We actually had Puna Ford on, on the center as a true nose. Um, we had both uh, Mayoa and Irvin standing up. So just looking at the look, the X and O of it, uh, it, it looked like a 3-4 defense. There were some traps in there that, uh, you know, we got pushed because Puna Ford's tough. If, if he's in a gap and they try to double-team him, he stalemates him pretty hard. He was on the no- or, uh, he was playing the nose on the center. He got washed really uh, hard on one trap, and there was just too big a hole for a linebacker, Jamal Adams, to, to make a play on that. In this game, you know, we, we can't have those kind of mistakes because Atlanta wasn't a great running team. Yeah. They're a great throwing team, but not a great running team. This this one, we got to be really sound. The one that I think we are, uh, immediately, we've become a great tackling team again. And that's something we were always good at. You know, really up to the last couple of years, I thought our our tackling just wasn't what it used to be. Um, all of a sudden, now you got Diggs and you got, you know, Adams. Uh, I think Bobby just, he, Bobby looks healthy. Um, KJ, again, I think KJ's going to have another fantastic year. Um, he looked good. Uh, so I think that's uh, Griffin can tackle Dunbar, uh, not known for it, you know, but you know, he stepped up and made some, some, pl- some hits and some good tackles. So I think we've become a good tackling team. So teams are going to have to work really hard after the catch and, and at the point of attack on the run. Yeah. You talk about tackling. I'll never forget Alvin Kamara, that one run he had where it felt like nine out of 11 guys just slipped off of him. Yeah. So it's encouraging to hear you say that. Now, one guy who played well was Marquise Blair. When you play against a team that throws the ball so often, you're going to see nickel out there. I don't think that, that's not going to be the case this week. I think you're going to see a lot of a lot more base defense, and that means that Marquise Blair won't be on the field as much. When this team puts out that base defense, where are the strengths? Where are the weaknesses? Yeah, I you know it's that'll be interesting because, uh, and I know that you know. New England ran a bunch of different formations. I think Cam is more comfortable when he's in the shotgun or, yeah. or behind, you know, uh, not not under center. Um, you know, they're in their depth chart. They start three wide receivers, so I I, don't, I think it's going to be you know indicative of what. New England does from personnel. We'll, we'll match that because you're right. Blair was in 55 plays this last game. We were predominantly in nickel. I don't have a problem with him in the running game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, he had that one fourth down fake where he came in and he put his head right on the football and, and caused a fumble. He is known to be a very good tackler, and he is. He's physical. You put a wide receiver on him, wide receivers don't block him. I mean, he's really strong. I mean, he'll he'll actually run them into the line of scrimmage and, and make some plays. So I, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. I don't know. Yeah. I, I really don't. Uh, you know, do you put an extra line? I mean, I think you have Bruce Irvin, obviously, as the Leo. You know, you, you got KJ and Bobby. And then, you know, you got more of your base defense. So I'm not sure if, if we'll have that three four look like we did last week i think that may have been more for some pass rush situations now we talked to kj and we both mentioned that this is going to be a different type of game Um, and what new england does what i've watched on film is everything looks like a run like they get into their pass protection they still um pull that guard to make it look like a run so these defensive linemen these linebackers have to be super disciplined what uh, like what does a pulling guard 
do to that second and third level on the defense. I could imagine it really tests them to be disciplined and really read their keys, right? Yeah, I think it's 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 more difficult on linebackers, uh, obviously, particularly in the zone, because you've got to honor. Okay, all of a sudden you pull a guard. I'm thinking a trap or some some some. My, my gap moves over yeah. at that point, right? Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily have anybody threatening me in the in the passing game. It's easier if I'm a safety, I'm on a tight end or or even a, a slot back because I don't care what the linemen do. That's my secondary read. If I get a tight end release, I'm playing pass. If I get a wide receiver, I'm I'm playing pass, and they block that different. Now I go to my secondary read, which is lineman at that point. Um, so it is tough, and it, we're, we weren't great last week. You know, we got hit on a couple of play actions, um, and we got to get better at it. We got once we see it, I always say, turn and run. Yeah. You want interceptions? Got a lot of interceptions in my life by being fooled a little bit. But then the quarterback goes, Paul, ah, he's fooled. Paul, I can turn and run. We call that a low-key flex, what you did right there. You got a lot of interceptions in your life. That's what the kids call a flex. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but thanks for flexing I, on us. I, 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 I did have a lot, as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, thank you for, for bringing that up. Um, I'm sorry. But you can't. If you turn, no, it's true. But if you tur- you can get fooled just a little bit. You turn and run, and you know where your spot is. And if you understand you know, pattern recognition and all what they're trying to do, work behind you. Also, quarterback says, "Oh, you know, he he it was a hustle interception." Yeah, we got to get better at that, and that's been a weakness of us for many years. Is working deep, you know, crossing routes behind our linebackers, um, and they're going to try that, but they're going to do it with one, two receivers. They're going to end up blocking seven, eight, nine guys sometimes, right? And they'll have. They, I saw them one time. They had one receiver run a, a deep end last week in New England, and then they had another one where there are only two receivers in the route. Everybody else is blocking. Why? Because we're going to protect Cam, and we're going to hope that there's a void somewhere in that zone along the way. Um, all right, so let's flip it on you now. Because let me tell you what, this is a whole different defense. Yep. They are they're physical. They're sound. Uh, their secondary is very good. I mean, we think ours is good. Their cover guys, their two corner man, they're really good. They're yeah. quick. Um, so we're going to have to have time for Russell. Um, I think we can run the football on them, but they're sound. I mean, it's it, so what are we doing? Are we throwing the ball 35 times? No, I don't. I think that initially you have to establish the run. You're going to see a defense that is very confident. They're going to get man. Gilmore's going to man your best guy up. Um, you got Phillips out there, the new guy. He's going to man guys up, and they're not afraid. And that's what I appreciate about this defense, and I, I saw a little bit of that in the Seahawks defense is that uh, there's a confidence when it's time to make plays. And Stephon Gilmore, I mean, you watch the film on this dude. He's not fooled. No. You can give him all the pretty releases you want to off the line of scrimmage, but he's going to look at your hips, and he is going to attack you um, at, at the top of your route. And you tell me if you saw this out of him too, uh, Paul. At the top of his route, he is so good with his hands. You're not supposed to grab. It's a P.I., but he does it in a way to where it doesn't really impede what the receiver's doing, but it lets the receiver know, look, I'm right there. And visually, it messes up what the quarterback is looking at because if I'm a quarterback, I get to the drop, the back of my, my, my drop back, and I see a receiver with a DB with his hands on him, I'm checking off and I'm going to the next guy. Yeah, it's like a, a lawyer. We, you know, they're, they're called fence riders, right? You, you take that right to the – the letter of the law and and you stay on your side of the fence and he does really good with that so he doesn't get called for those 
But I don't think he needs to. He's so quick in his change of direction. And the way – even that interception he had uh, last week, I thought was a really good interception. Fantastic hands. Um, what, he has six uh, interceptions last year? Uh, yeah, six yeah, and, and 20 pass breakups. You know, to get six is really hard. I had six in 1988. <laughs> Flex! Flex! <laughs> but it is it's hard. I mean, you've got you to have good hands. You've got to practice that, and yeah. you've got to be prepared for it. So uh, I'm excited for this matchup. And yeah. I just I think we can, you know, he doesn't really guess. I think he's really confident, a little bit like um, Dunbar. Dunbar is a great pattern read person. Mm-hmm. He just trusts his instincts yeah. on it. And sometimes you go, oh, he guessed. I go, well, some people just have a feel that, well, that quarterback, if he doesn't throw it now, he's going to get sacked. So I'm I'm jumping what I see. Yep. You know, there's other times I go, oh, he's, he's not there. He may be able to pull the ball down. He's got a great feel for it. So I, I think it's going to be a fun game. And, a, it, you know, look, two great coaching staffs. Um, but here's the one thing that, Last week, New England didn't see. Fitzpatrick is garbage. <laughs> he's garbage. What do you mean? He's he's been in the league forever and he he's played for gar- eight teams. You know, Paul. here here here's the thing about him. He that he's another one of those. He's he's a he's that fence rider, right? You go. He's not bad, and then he just makes three just stupid throws that you go. Why did you do that? Twenty seven throws. You were pretty good. But he's got no arm strength. What they're about to see in Russell Wilson and with our receivers, they're they're gonna they're gonna see something they haven't seen either. He gets opportunities because he went to Harvard, Paul. Simple well, as that. that you know, <laughs> All right. If you can get in, do it. Coming up next, we'll go inside the film film room and revisit the biggest plays from the Seahawks victory in Atlanta. That's around the corner on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. That's right, Hawks Live on Michael Bombas. That's Paul Moyer from CenturyLink every Thursday at 7 o'clock. A little Sierra there. That's Sierra, Paul. That's, that's Russell's wife. <laughs> well, you know what? Here's what's funny. You looked at me like... I'm going to teach a little child. <laughs> Were you flexing on me there? Uh, that's a low-key flex, yes, Paul. He did? Huh? Let's go, Paul. Okay. Let's go. Look, by the end of the year, I'm going to have a lot of stuff down. This will be good. <laughs> All right, we're going to the film room. Uh, three biggest plays from the Falcons' victory. This first play, we're going to break down. Russell Wilson finds Carson on screen pass for a 19-yard touchdown. Rushing quarterbacks will tell you about that, but here's a quick pass. Carson left side, 10-5, touchdown, Seahawks! Chris Carson making it look easy down the left side. Russell Wilson with a little flare pass to the left. Carson takes it untouched. And all Dan Quinn can do, the coach of the Falcons, is look up at the big screen and say, what just happened? I'll tell you what happened. A screen pass left side and a gauntlet of blockers for Chris Carson down the left side. And the Seahawks take a 13-3 lead. So for all of you out there who have taped the game, I want you to go back and watch this play. It's one minute left in the first quarter. They're on the 19-yard line, just so you can fast-forward it. This is something you have not seen from the Seahawks, and it's more the timing of the screen. We, we talk about screen. I, as a defensive coach, I 
screen scared me more than anything. Really? Yeah, and particularly if you're in zone, you get the big drop. Mm-hmm. You know, it's look, it's like a punt return. You know, and you've got these big hogs out in front. It's tough if it's man to man and you get the one guy blocked up. It's a touchdown, so they're very scary, and you've got to really cinch up on them quickly as a defense. But for those who go and look at this, what's so impressive about this is our three interior linemen, our, our center and our two guards, and and particularly Damian Lewis, our right guard. Um, the timing of this is per- perfect. You got uh, Dwayne Brown actually leading the way as well. He knocks the linebacker out wide, and then Damian Luce and Posick are leading the charge. And right when you get to the goal line, I mean, Damian Lewis puts a hurting on this DB. I mean, he's it, it's the timing of it. it. It looks so orchestrated perfectly, and that is what's different about our screens. Everybody's going to have to be aware of this. This is a problem for defenses. Yeah, it's a problem. You know, when I was coaching, when I told D lineman, whenever it feels too good to be true, it probably is. Those, those those offensive linemen take two kicks, they let you free like you have a sack. No, sir. And what Russell does, he does a great job of holding the safety. He doesn't give the the screen away. A lot of young guys, a lot of inexperienced guys, would just. Throw the screen right now. They're not going to hold the safety. They're not worried about getting to their drop. I see Russell Wilson being a veteran here. And then we've played defense once or twice in our life. You never want to see three 350-pounders running Mm -hmm. at you. They don't even have to block you. They're just going to get in your way because you're going to go around them. Now, if it was a a 20-something versus a a number 15, you're going to take that block on. When you see 60, 70, those big boys running at you, there's no way you're going to get in front of that. And if the Hawks can get really good at their screen game, this is going to open up a lot of other things for them because now you can fake a screen and take a shot. Now you got the defense on their heels. So I want to see what the Patriots do. How how do they play this screen? Because the Hawks have to show this. They have to keep them honest and hold them accountable. And it's and it's so good. And by the way, we used to call them pass rushing geniuses because <laughs> they would all of a sudden you see three guys and they think they're going to get to the quarterback. And we go, if it's too good to be true, you pass rushing genius. It's too good to be true. Too good, good to be true. Yep. All right. The next play, we got Jamal Adams on a third down sack of Matt Ryan. From his own 44, Seahawks load the line. They get to Ryan, and they knock him off his feet. Back near the 35-yard line, and it is Adams again. He has been close, and that time he gets there. The first sack of the day on Matt Ryan, and it comes from the strong safety, Jamal Adams. So we've got seven guys lined up on the line of scrimmage. And, again, if you've taped the game, 7.45 left in the second quarter. We're up 14-9. It's third and six. And I told you when we got Jamal Adams, what makes him so special, look, he hasn't had a lot of interceptions. It's the amount of plays he makes on third down to get you off the field. It's unbelievable with knockdown passes and him coming off the corner here for a blitz. But just to set this up, we got seven guys up. We're actually going to drop and only send four guys. I believe we sent four guys. One, two, three, maybe five. Um, Bruce Irvin drops. K.J. Wright is up between the guard and center. He drops, and they both pick up the wide receiver. Bruce Irvin picks up the slant guy right from the get-go. If he doesn't pick him up, maybe Matt Ryan can throw it real quick. But what's so impressive about Jamal Adams Look, no one blocks him. So you you wouldn't think it's that big of a deal, but he comes out of a cannon. Most guys are afraid to miss the quarterback by him stepping up, right? And so they all of a sudden they throttle down yeah. and they, they give him time give him time to, to make the throw or give him make a miss and he steps up into the pocket. This guy, once he sees the kill, 
he goes and kills it. Yeah. He's he's the he's the best blitz and safety I've ever seen. I like what Jamal Adams does in this play. I also like the scheme. On the offensive side, the right side has three guys, three offensive linemen, center, guard, tackle. There are four guys to be accounted for on that side. And Matt Ryan is still having a play fake with Gurley. So if you really if you count the numbers up, you have the center, the guard, the tackle, and the running back who are responsible for the four guys on that side. With that play action, the running back is is now not accounted for. He is helping out the center, and it overwhelms that side of the offensive line. And that's what I like about it. It's a numbers game. End of yeah, the day, if we have more guys coming than you guys have blocking – you should win this matchup. Now you got the guy firing off the edge in Jamal Adams who does the things that you just mentioned, who he doesn't throttle down. He He's getting shot out of a cannon. He's trying to deliver a blow. These guys don't stand a chance. This type of play is what I want to see against the Patriots early, and I want to see what the Patriots do because typically what you do is it's bump, bump, bump. Now every assignment on that offensive line is bump once, uh, bumped over to the right in, in this situation. So um, there is some some cat and mouse being played here. Now, yeah, they 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 definitely schemed them, and yeah. you know, once you know which way the center is going to slide, so in this particular case, they they knew he wasn't going to slide to our our left, their right, and so now the running back has to pick up Jamal Adams or Bobby Wagner, and he's going to pick up the quickest person to the quarterback that's straight line bobby's coming through the a gap between the center and the guard and so that leaves uh, jamal wide open but this you, you you free up bobby wagner and jamal in scheme they're going to win that battle yep this, this is fun we again we haven't seen this I mean, this is so <laughs> different from a philosophy and just an aggressiveness you know we look we've been a vanilla defense for mm-hmm. a long time mm-hmm. fun to see yep put these offense alignment in a bind all right, the next play we got, Russell Wilson finds D.K. Metcalf for a 38-yard touchdown on fourth and five. Four-man rush. Russ looks. He's going to lay it up over the top. He's got a man down there. It's Metcalf. He's got it. Touchdown, Seahawks. On fourth down and five, Russ takes the snap, stands back there like a patient man and waits, and 14 gets open for six. A 38-yarder. Holy smoke. You guys are covering DK Metcalf with one man. Forget about it. He beats him for six. First off, big ups, uh, Rabel. He, his voice and his calls <laughs> are amazing. Forget about it. Let's He's been set practicing this. all uh, off season. He, he, he told been. me he actually practiced a game. In his wife Sharon was probably driving her nuts, but yeah, he was in a car. They were. He, he was getting ready for the game, doing his, his calls. I heard him and uh, Wyman practicing during a mock game. Yeah, so these guys, these guys are ready to go. But let's set this up, Paul. What people forget about this or might forget about this is Falcons had a third down stop. They're yep. celebrating. They're running down the sideline. And, and apparently Russell looks at the sideline. There's tele, telecommunication going on, and they're all on the same pace. That makes me really excited because now I feel like Russell, Schottenheimer, and Pete, are really on the same page. Yeah. They don't even need to speak. You know, you've been married for, what, 32 years, you yeah. say? You just look at your wife sometimes, and she knows what you're thinking. She, I feel like this is what's yeah. happening right before our eyes. That's one of the things I loved about this. Yeah. yeah. When she looks at me, I know she's she's thinking he's hot. <laughs> 32 years. So so this one as well. So do you remember the first incompletion uh, going back? To, it might have been in the third quarter, second quarter. It must have been in the second quarter. Um, it was a third down and four. Sim, almost exact same formation. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 
uh, Metcalf tries to release outside, and the corner just stones him. And there's nowhere to throw the ball. Russell kind of throws it low in between them. It's it's an incomplete pass. Same formation, Mm -hmm. same release, but now Metcalf this time, as he bends outside, the corner jumps outside, and Metcalf beelines it with a straight line for a go route. Now, look, it's a perfect throw. It's awesome protection. The the pocket is huge. It allows Russell to step up into the pocket, make this throw. But this is where maturity comes in. Yes. DK got stoned on that third down play. A lot of guys lose confidence on that. Same play, fourth down and four, fourth down and five. They're thinking he's going to run a quick little hitch route or a slant route. He takes that play away immediately. Metcalf set him up for the touchdown. It was awesome. It's all about his hands. I think that's where DK got in trouble early was that he's trying to grab and just muscle guys. When it's really like you're so strong, we call it the the push clean. You push that hand away. You clean up the other one just in case they grab. You're a big boy. No no one's going to put hands on you Mm -hmm. like that. Just believe in it. That's the evolution of DK Metcalf. I wish I was on that sideline and I could hear the conversation. Someone talked to him. I'm sure he communicated with Russell, his receivers coach, his offensive coordinator. Look, let's do this. Let's try this. And they went back to him. And that shows the confidence that they have in this guy. Like, look, you messed it up early, but we're going to come right back to you, and you're going to execute at a high level. The guy had, what, 90 yards and a touchdown, and he didn't play his best game week one. So I'm excited to see how he progresses from here. Yeah, good good stuff. And, you know, I think what we saw in all three of those plays, and for those who just heard this, we got playmakers. I mean, Carson, Metcalf, Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson. Um, we're loaded with talent. It's really fun. Yeah, it's fun. This offense is um, showing that they're dynamic and they're versatile. I think last year when you talk about the Seattle Seahawks, you just talk about the run game. Even though you had a receiver go over 1,000, you had another receiver go over 900 yards, you're still talking about this pass game, I mean the run game. So if if this isn't the biggest rope-a-dope I've ever seen, I'm loving it. I I love that they came out and threw threw the football 35 times because now this is just setting up the run. The the Patriots are going to focus on the pass. They're going to respect the run, but they have to focus on what they did the previous week. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to set set the pass up with the run. You can set the run up with the pass, and that's what you're talking about. I, look, I just think with the screen game, with us being able to throw it, with the playmakers we have, I think we have a very good offensive line that can protect uh, along the way. I think they're going to be a really good run offensive line too. You just now, I mean, Bill Belichick, who's a game plan, I'm really curious if they've even set this up ahead of time because mm-hmm. the one thing about new england nobody game plans more than them and and what i mean by that is look everybody goes in and game plans right but they almost redo a playbook every week mm-hmm. i mean you, you don't know what they're going to do i mean the seahawks used to live by three deep and man to man with a single free safety now there's other teams that are covered two. you know other teams are but you know their identity with new england you really don't know. They try to take away what you do best. The Seahawks say, stop us. We don't care what you do. We're yeah. going to do what we do best, right? Yeah. So, you know, setting this up is really interesting because I'm really curious to see how this game plan is going to play out. So now the Hawks come back to Seattle. It sounds like there was no home field advantage in Atlanta. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's usually the case anyways there. <laughs> so, I mean, what should we expect out of these guys? I mean, they, they came out on the road. They they were hyped up. You look at them pregame. Everyone's ready to go. And 
Can they continue that same intensity now that they're here, even with no one in the stands? Yeah, look, they do it in practice, right? I mean, they're legendary for how they practice. And that's why getting Jamal Adams, I think, brought that back up. I mean, the one thing about Earl and Sherman, I mean, they were high-intensity practice guys. You got, you know, another one there in Jamal Adams. I think that helps. They also, there's a reason why we had two mock games in this stadium. Mm -hmm. It was to prepare them for the surroundings of what the sound's going to be like because they knew we weren't going to have fans the first couple of games. Um, I, I don't think the Seahawks care where they play. You know, if it's on a practice field, if it's no fans, if it's out in a play yard, they're going to play hard. Uh, the Seahawks are going to play well. They're going to play hard in Atlanta, in CenturyLink, yeah. at the tailgate. Yeah. Don't matter. Hey, we're in CenturyLink right now. We're, we're working hard. Let's go. We're grinding. Yeah. All right, Super Bowl hangover in San Francisco. I'll get Paul's thoughts as we go around the NFL coming up on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Hawks Live. That is Paul Moyer. To your right. To my right. The guy who had six picks, more picks than I had, catches in a year. I am Michael Bumpus. This is Hawks Live. Six in one year I had. Hey, not you know, my career. You know. No, I'm sorry. I'm flexing again. You're flexing again. Flexing. I, I like to flex. I, I love the flex. I, I was telling you guys in our break, though, I'm flexed out. I got nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so week one, let's talk about the NFC West. Yeah. So my prediction was the Rams would finish at the bottom. Uh, the Cardinals would be after that. Frisco at three. And then the Hawks, number one. After seeing what... The Cardinals did to San Fran and seeing how the Rams ran the football. That's what impressed me the most. Now, granted, Ramsey got away with a flop, a LeBron type thing. But the way they ran the football, it was power football. Yeah. This wasn't little boy football. This is big boy football. So, yeah, I've changed a bit as far as expectations. What are your expectations in NFC West? Golly, man, after one week. But it, it, the Rams reminded me in the running game about from about three years ago. And when they really put a hurting on the Seahawks, it's it's complex, it's physical, and you got to match it. Um, and they, the way they block, they they have a chance to go downfield. I, mean, I was shocked they they beat the Cowboys. I really thought that the Rams were taking a step back and the Cowboys would win. Um, so that's kind of a bummer because they've definitely moved up uh, in my thoughts too to probably number two. Um, and the reason why I'm saying two is look, San Francisco. They have the worst quarterback in the league. What? Not, uh, our division. You love, you love Jimmy, Paul. I love Jimmy. He's, he's, a, <laughs> he's a nice-looking guy and, and he, he, whatever. But um, you know, he, the word is out on him. Yeah. You know, he can't throw outside the, really the numbers. You know? So you just you condense that field on him. And, again, I think that's why we got Dunbar to help with these crossing routes and slants and all of those things. <clears throat> I'm not sold on Arizona because I don't think their defense is that good. <clears throat> I just think San Francisco is so beat up right now. They have no one to throw to. You know, they're going to probably be good. And, they, look, they got the Jets, the Giants, and they have Philadelphia and then Miami. They probably win three of those games. So they're, they're going to be three and two after five games. They're still going to be in the hunt. Let's let this thing play out. Everybody gets healthy. I think the Seahawks are probably the best team, just what I saw in week one. Yeah. But I think the Rams, they concern me. Now, going into week one, one of my concerns around the league was this is going to be sloppy football. I mean, they, they didn't have preseasons. You don't know what they're going to do. I was pleasantly surprised by the quality of play. And then 
especially because the day before on Saturday, I watched college football. Wow. You can't trust 18 to 22-year-olds. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a whole other story. Plus, they, the amount of time they've lost, they lost all of their spring. Mm-hmm. I mean, spring's huge in college. I mean, you, you, you're playing spring games like they're real games. I mean, you don't need fans uh, in the stands in, when you're in college because you're trying to make the team and you're trying to get a starting spot. Um, you know, they, I, th- I think, think I read somewhere where holding was down 40% in week one. Really? Yeah. So I think the league probably said, let's just let them play. Let them live. Let's just go out <laughs> and let them make some plays. And I thought the football was good. They're professionals. They've been playing football a long time. Mm-hmm. I think what this really proved more than anything is – the three-a-days and two-a-days I had to go through my whole career <laughs> weren't necessary. I might have got a couple more years out. So in this division, you got Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, and uh, who am I? Garoppolo. Garoppolo, your boy, Garoppolo. Boy. Garoppolo. You guys it. <laughs> As, is Kyler much. Murray the second-best quarterback <laughs> in this division after week one? Now, we're not projecting for the future. After week one. Do you think I say he is right now? What are your thoughts? Well, I think he's dangerous. You know, there's no question. He has a you know one of the best wide receivers in Hopkins to throw to. So, and it, it, they got an you know an inventive head coach, offensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, I, I I think he's the most dangerous guy. But look, Goff was that kind of guy that you watch him and you go, ah, oh, he's he's not playing very well. He's not playing very well. But if he's got time in a pocket, the kind of routes they run, those deep routes, he's dangerous. Um, that's a toss-up for me right now. Yeah. Okay. But Murray certainly, he's, he's a problem. Okay. Well, now let's talk about the old quarterback, Tom Brady. First yeah. week, two picks. Arians calls him out. Is that the right approach? Is, does he still have something left in the tank? Was Belich- There's so many questions surrounding yeah. this dude right now, right? Is Belichick the reason why he is who he is? Uh, what are your thoughts on Tom Brady? He looked 44. He just looked old. I mean, look, you, you can't hide mask age. It's hard to do, you know, even <laughs> in a uniform. But he looked frail. Uh, maybe it was just the uniform. It doesn't look the same. You know, before he had the, the red, white, and blue with right. the stars. Strong colors. He looked like this... You know, I don't know, whatever, you know, Captain America, I guess, you know, in that, that uniform. And this one now, he's he just looks frail and he looks old. And I know he's only 44. I like Tom personally. I think he's, you know, a really good person and, and you wish him well. But father time, man, it's tough in the NFL. But I will say, I don't think he played that bad. He just made two terrible throws and yeah. it cost him the game. All right. Richard Sherman, he's injured. He's back on the, yeah. the you know, we're looking at him. He he came back from Achilles injury, had a great year, was a pro bowler, backed all the talk up. Is he done, or you think he still has a couple years left? No, look, he's as long as that pass rush is there, Richard Sherman's still the best route reader. He's still the best jam corner out there. He is so good at what he does. But you got a calf injury. You've got an Achilles injury. You're starting to see the same injury over and over you know, his speed's not there anymore. He saw that in the Super Bowl. I mean, he just got, you know, outrun. And that's, you know, something he's been able to hold off. It's tough to play a corner in this league if you can't run. And he's definitely lost a step. But, again, if their pass rush is there and that ball has to come out on time, Richard will have a good year. Russell Wilson, Best MVP. Will he at least get a vote this year? Can yeah, he get one vote this he'll year? He'll get a vote. Goodness they, gracious. they got to win at least 11 games. 
it's all about the wins, right? I mean, when we were winning, it was about our defense. He just didn't get the opportunity, even though he deserved it. I thought in 2015 he probably deserved it. He had a phenomenal year. But Cam Newton that year, I think he had like 30 rushing touchdowns. It was some crazy number. I know it wasn't that much, but um, <laughs> but it was you know it was one of those. He had so many touchdowns that you know he got the MVP and rightfully so. He's in the mix. He's got we got to win 11, 12 games. Uh, you got to hope you know Mahomes takes a step back. If they go fifteen and one, but he's gonna get a vote this year. He's gonna get a vote. He's gonna get a vote. All right, let's do it. All right, coming up next, we'll give you our final thoughts and the Seahawks' keys to victory right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live every Thursday from seven to nine, live on air on seven ten ESPN Seattle. Hawks Live, Michael Bumpus, Paul Moore, every Thursday right here at CenturyLink at 7 o'clock on ESPN, 17 ESPN. Paul. Yo. Are these guys going to go 2-0 this week? I, th- I think they yeah, can. Yeah, I think they need to they be are. the team that tackles well, like you mentioned. You feel like they, they tackle well this year. They're mm-hmm. wrapping guys up. They're bringing them to the ground. And I think they need to be disciplined on mm-hmm. defense. Offensively, I think they need to play a different type of game what are your keys to success this week well i'd like to get some turnovers yep. uh, you know, that's that's a big one and i think they're they're there to be had you know last week i thought we could have had a couple that um you know we just misread on some things we're, we're gonna have to play sound um you know we were flying around hitting people and making plays but you know there were some busts there that you know luckily you know matt ryan didn't find them all um, I don't know if Cam will either. Cam locks in on a certain spot. Yes. Um, yes. But here's what they will do, and this is why we have to be disciplined. They'll block nine guys. I mean, they'll, they'll send one guy out or they'll block eight up, and so they'll give them some time to let that route develop. So we've got to be on that too and not leave anybody really singled up. I just, Look, offensively, I, I think they're going to have a tough time against us um, just because they don't have any receivers. They don't have really a great tight end. They have some good running backs. They have Cam, who's absolutely a threat. I mean, he is, to me, kind of his old self in the running game. So, And, and look, and Belichick and them are going to find our weakness, and we got to make sure that you know we're prepared to, you know, to handle that. So that would be it. I think offensively we'll be fine. It's going to be the best defense, you know, or one of the best that them in San Francisco we face this year. But we face them, you know, you got to face those guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we're putting up 38 points, but – you know, I think we can get high 20s and keep them in the single digits. I, I see us, you know, a 20, 27, 17 win. You're going to keep this same score when we ask no, you the, on no, Sunday? No, I never it, give that no? up. No? Okay. No. All right. The reason I just see I tease that you for did. you because oh. you're – how many of you haven't won? <laughs> You haven't won very many predictions. So I threw that out there thinking maybe you would take that. I thought you were done flexing, though. You're not done flexing. I'm I'm running out of flex, though. They're not as good as they they started out. But I I think that this uh, the Seahawks defense has to eliminate big plays. Mm -hmm. And the New England Patriots, when it comes to throwing the ball, they're banking on the secondary, getting their eyes in the backfield and taking false steps. Because their best receiver is Julian Edelman. Edelman. He's not going to take you up top. He's not going to have the 70-yard touchdown. He's going to work the middle of the field. He's going to sit in his zones. He's going to be available. 
So as long as this defense is disciplined and doesn't bite on the play actions, I watch Cam on the play action. I mean, his his meshes are beautiful in yeah, the backfield. Um, he, he shows the football like he's Peyton Manning. He tucks it back in. I mean, that's where he's comfortable, and that's where you get fool's gold. You think it's it's a run play. You think it's a stretch play. You think it's a dive, and it's not. Then, boop, he pops it over to the top. Julian, Julian Edelman in the middle of the field making plays. Yeah, if they run the ball 40-some times on us, that's going to be uh, – that concerns me too. Can, you, do we, can we physically handle that many runs? You know, again, I think I brought it up earlier. If it's coming up second and four, third and one, you know, constantly, and now all of a sudden it's an eight, nine play drive and five minutes have gone off the clock and he starts putting pressure on the offense. And, you know, points and, and yards are going to be tough. I mean, this is a really disciplined team. They're going to take their shots on pressure on us. Um, you know, Russell's going to have to play a great game. We're, we're a better football team than they are. We have better football players than yeah. they do. Yeah. And if we just go out and play our game and everybody plays to their ability, we'll win this football game. Yeah, I'm with you. They should win this football game. There are better football players um, wearing blue and green rather than red, white, and blue. Uh, my The only X factor, or one of the X factors, is just Cam Newton. Yeah. I mean, this is his second week. He's healthy. Now, if we were facing Cam Newton week seven or eight and they've, he's rushed it 50, 60 times, he's been beat up and all that, then I'd say, okay, I feel a little different about it. But this is a healthy Cam Newton. And one of the things that keeps me optimistic and encouraged is, one, Bruce Irvin. Do you hear him talk about it? I played Cam, what, seven times in the last how many years? I got nine, nine sacks. It's probably – those numbers are probably skewed a bit. I don't know exactly what he said, but he's pretty confident. Bruce Irvin, I'm going to say it now, and I'll say it again on Sunday, he's going to be my uh, hot player of the game. Okay, I like that. I'm going to write that down, Bruce Irvin. We, you know, we've had a lot of success against Cam. I mean, we really owned him for a long time till the one playoff game where they jumped out like 31 nothing, and we were down in Carolina, and we almost came back on that one too, uh, which we always do, which is re- remarkable. We, we've had his number, and there were some really low-scoring games. They had some really good defense. Yeah, but completely different. I mean, he's getting a completely different offense with different coaches. The Seahawks are a completely different scheme defensively with different players. I just think we have so many playmakers. I, I think we can bottle up their receivers. I think Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner are gonna they're gonna be pretty fired up for this game to get after Cam. Yeah. And those are two guys who can take Cam down. Um, there's not a lot of guys in this league. Cam, I mean, Cam Newton is he's just ginormous. I mean, he <laughs> is he's the best looking football player I've ever seen walking on a football field. I mean, he's six foot six, two hundred and sixty five pounds, and Goodness. he looks like he's. If you didn't know how tall he was and big he was, you would just think he was, you know, a six foot two, two hundred ten pounder. I mean, he's 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 slim. Um, he looks healthy. He looks like he's having fun again. Yeah. And that's the one thing that makes me a little nervous. Now, again, they won last week against not a very good team. Um, you know, when things are going well, Cam has historically been pretty good. And when things go south, we'll see if he's he's changed or gotten more mature we'll see when yes. when things go south there we go because i'm predi- predicting that they will go south okay all right special thanks to tom curran and kj Wright for joining the show our board operator matt harton the seahawks pregame show is live this sunday starting at 2 p.m until next time i'm your host michael bombas with my guy paul moyer we'll be back next thursday right here on hawk slides have a good one folks
Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Download the 710 Sports app to get breaking news notifications on the Hawks and read the latest analysis on the Hawks at 710sports.com.